All right. Hey, thanks everybody for coming in. Uh, you know, it's, it was uh, off of that long weekend, and uh, uh, we really appreciate. Uh, Real quick, uh, Ian, you, do you mind oh, if I cut in here? Oh yeah, of course. Go ahead, Travis. Just in case y'all are wondering, I'm turning it over to Ian. I've been told to delegate more uh, by my therapist, my life coach. Been watching some very interesting Theodore talks. Um, so I'm going to let Ian handle it today, and uh, he's going to talk. Um, you know, und- I'm, I'm not going to chime in. So, uh, go ahead, Ian. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you, Travis. And, um, and yeah, thank I, you, Ian. Yeah, absolutely. And the, uh, the talks I can see, they're really been paying off. I can tell with your outlook. Anyways, so, um, well, so everyone, thank you so much for being here. Um, I did want to talk to you a little bit about PTO requests. PTO. HR has decided to really emphasize the quest aspect of PTO requests. Mm. And uh, there are a number of tasks that do need to be completed in a timely manner for your uh, requests to be accepted. um, And then they go on from there to approval or denying and things like that. But uh, first and foremost, uh, they did want to point out that we do need to be documenting all of this on the magical vellum uh, inscribed with the ink produced from Mind flayers. Mm, yes. And Ian, where can I get some of this mind flayer ink? Right, guys? Man of the people. Uh, um, well, HR has hired a number of mind flayers uh, to, you know, as part of the kind of uh, ongoing evaluations to make sure that no one has any aberrant thoughts. As aberrations, they are keen on detecting those Wait, things. Wait, HR pulled the trigger on those mind flayers? I guess so. I think I saw one in the office just the other day. I assumed they were part of HR. Is that was this? No, when I gave you hiring power, is this was this what you did with it? No, no, no. That's HR. I the the, the creative creative. Department. If anybody had anything to do, and I am going to let Ian continue. If anybody had anything to do with this, if you could please raise your hand, Bernice. Ian, did Bernice do this? I. Um, she didn't not do this. Bernice, I'll tell you what. I have some PTO coming up, so why don't you go ahead and get some of that mind flaring for me, and we'll call it Even Stevens. Sorry, Ian, were you done? Uh, no, I mean, I think that's great. That's why we love you, Travis, as a, a, a boss. You're just, you know, really fair, and uh, you really try to work with us to make sure that everything works. And so, yeah, um, we'll send more details out later, and uh, I think you, you guys are all going to be really enjoy this process. Yeah, you guys are going to love it. It's you got to climb a whole mountain and everything, submit it right on the peak. Mm, it's going to be fun for everybody. Okay, well, thanks for coming to Ian's meeting, everybody. Uh, yeah, uh, my, my meeting? Is that, am I doing this from now on? One hundred years ago, Marcus Royals founded the finest adventure architecture firm in the Forgotten Realms. Now, his firstborn son Travis, along with lead designer Ian of the Hills, are tanking the company. One failed project at a time. If you require their services, write them a letter, and they may build you one of their dinky dungeons, shitty strongholds, or crappy castles. Ian, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Travis. I'm glad to be here. It's so nice to see you again. I wanna I wanna jump right in. I wanna I wanna make a, a dungeon for 
for somebody. But can we talk about something real quick? Oh, yeah. What's on your mind? Well, it was a three-day weekend. Yeah. And I just noticed you were still in the office. Uh, well, you know, we, we, we talked about that. You know, I, I got that key and, you know, I was really trying to make the most of the time. And a lot of people took that day off. And, uh, I, you know, their mental health is very important. And if that's what they need to do, you know, I really would like to just get things done. And get things uh, moving and shaking. You know, that's that, I thought that's why you hired me. That's why I'm in charge, right? I'm a sir after all. No, I respect that. It's just that, you know, the wizards that we hire to put the security runes on that door, when they came back to find everything disenchanted, it also looked like you maybe took a, a cannon to the front door of some sort to, to get in to do your work. I guess that's really what I'm coming to you about uh i mean it's uh it, you know wasn't a cannon per se is really more of a um eldritch battering ram scenario kind of thing mm. um but you know i mean it was um really i i was really kind of trying to help test out the security of it and to see how well it could do i mean honestly it, it really didn't take much i don't know who these wizards are that you hired but Seem to be some mud wizards if I ever heard of them. You caught us. We did hire the mud wizards this go around, but now we know. And I, you know, I guess I appreciate you putting us through our paces like that. So, so thanks, I guess. Well, you're welcome. You know me. I'm always dedicated to the company. And that's what I love about you. Speaking of which, I hear you have a letter. I do. Yeah. This uh, arrived earlier today by uh, Albino Bat, uniquely enough. Uh, so it was kind of a shock to see that come in here, especially in the daylight hours. So Right, because bats are nocturnal. Indeed. Yeah. And also that shock of, you know, white and there's beady red eyes is pretty, you know, unnerving to say the least. But then it plops a nice little envelope in front of you. So, but yeah, I can uh, go ahead and read if you're ready. I think I'm ready. I got, I, I got a little scared. I, you saw me looking around for the albino bat. I just, I don't prefer bats. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know your dad was a big fan of them. And so I, I could see why you would have a understandable, um, you know, upsetness towards them. That That is the word that they most usually use is upsetness. Thank you for not saying fear. Um, it's a word I'm very scared of. Yes. And before we begin, we did have the abandoned well in our backyard that I once fell through as a child um, into a relative sea of bats. And, you know, after dad died, I considered taking up the mantle of the well man um, and using all the powers of a well to, to combat crime and find his killer. But I shelved that too busy, too busy. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, I understand. I mean, you know, it's um, while I think that that could be a very noble cause, I think you're definitely doing the noble work here. But um, but speaking of that noble work, do you want to get to this letter? Let's read it. I'm ready. Okay. Well, let's do it. Okay. So this one here. He's getting it out. Says, Dear Ian and Travis. Oh, that's nice. They put my name first. Let's not talk about it. 
I picked animal handling, but there are no animals on my adventure. This is absolute bullshit. Please give my DM an adventure chock full of animal handling opportunities. And it's signed, Empty Handed in Aurora. I, I think we hear this a lot, do we not? I do. I hear about this quite frequently. We hear about adventurers saying that, you know, I'm so very sneaky, but like it's all like it's just like a giant open field, this adventure. There's mm. nothing to hide behind. Mm-hmm. Um, the open field adventures is a really unique conundrum for the stealth types and uh, things like that. A lot of adventures, not a lot of opportunity for stealth, but um, animal handling is probably second on that list. And I think it's a common mistake, right? So often we build these dungeons that people get the pairing all wrong. Yes, the the open field, for instance, a bunch of mermen trying to survive in the desert has gone wrong so many times. But I think that so many adventurers get into it with the hopes of befriending animals, singing songs to them, having so many companions, just sheets and sheets worth of companions. So I think we need a dungeon that can, at least for a time, fulfill that purpose. Absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, what if the whole dungeon was made of animals? Okay. (laughs) And these are living, just paint me a picture here. These are living animals that it's made of? Yes and no. Okay, so there is an opportunity in case one gets hungry looking at all the living meat. Well, animals, they're very reliant on that food chain. So, you know, it's kind of a perpetual cycle of, you know. Oh, I see. Life, death, rebirth. You're saying that the cat wall is chasing the rat wall. That's what I'm I'm hearing. I'm hearing actual walls made of animal. Uh Uh-huh, yep. Which is, you know, cat wall closely followed behind by dog wall. Classic. Then, yep. then of course, dire walrus, which feast on dogs, as we know. Absolutely. Yeah. And then from uh, dire walrus, I believe the next thing up is, I think it's dire porcupine. Is that right? Wow. So it goes back down kind of in size. I never knew that. Yeah, it's uh, it is one of those things that it's not always size where you know what is kind of like in that food chain, mm. right? It's all they all kind of all occupy really you know important niches for this. So it's one of those things that those dire porcupines get inside that dire walrus and then eat them from the inside out. So you know sometimes that you think is you have not a, uh, how I thought a dire porcupine was going to kill. I was assuming something spike related, but you're saying that. They cl- they climb inside and eat them from inside out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they you know release the spikes from the inside. Oh wow, this is yeah. gruesome. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. I mean, that's why we don't have very many dire walruses left. I mean, the, yeah, they are endangered. That's true. Yes. Yeah, the dire porcupines are not an indigenous species, and they were introduced, and unfortunately, they've just kind of decimated the dire walrus because the dire porcupine's natural predator was hunted to extinction by Terrible. none other than, I think it was your father. He, he did what now? I think your father hunted dire porcupines and introduce them to the dire walrus populace, but remove them from their natural habitat 
and uh, you know, in a hunting expedition. You are saying my father, yeah, Marcus Royals. Marcus Royals. He brought his pet dire porcupine to a dire walrus. I'm, I'm guessing habitat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're up north. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the ice. And this porcupine kind of got so got the bloodlust to such a degree. Well, there would have to be two. I'll, I'll look into this. I don't. That sounds like slander and libel, and I don't know that legally we can get into it here. Can I ask you something? Yeah. In this kind of very metal scenario you've painted for me, mm-hmm. is that the kind of thing that we want in this dungeon? You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm worried that these little animal handling snowflakes, not to put too fine a point on it. Sure. Yeah. They're going to be deterred by things like uh, death (laughs) and dying and death, dead animals and dying animals and exploding animals that are being eaten from the inside out that explode with needles and they are endangered. I'm wondering just to make the big bucks on this bad boy pro bono, mind you. What's a cuter situation? Well, you know, I believe um, you worked out that deal from the Dyer Zoo after that episode, a couple episodes ago. Mm. Uh, they heard that episode. They loved it and wanted to collaborate and uh, sponsorship. And I believe the Dyer Flamingos, they have, you know, kind of offered up as a thing. So maybe it's a scenario where you need to train and ride a Dyer Flamingo in order to navigate a certain dungeon. I'm loving that. I'm loving getting up close and personal with these animals. I'm loving a, a, you know, dire squirrel turning on the spot and locking eyes with one of these animal handlers and just having little, little fluttery hearts come out of their, their head. I'm thinking so cartoony over the top, but let everybody be a princess in this world. Alternatively, I had another thought in case you weren't into that, but I just want to run this one by you as well. Mm. You know, what if, uh, in order to kind of, you know, get through this dungeon, you had to have like a certain kind of like, you know, small animal that maybe you had to like train up yes. to be like the very best that like no one was before. Mm. And, um, you know, could use it in like a battling other people who are trying to like make their animals stronger and just have them fight these like to the death blood matches. The blood's back, and baby, I'm loving it. <laughs> so I, you know, I, it's uh, it's the long weekend. You know, when I'm, I'm I've been here by myself. I just kind of I tend to go to like some dark places, and then that's that's my fault for bringing that out. And you know, if you if you don't think maybe empty-handed an Aurora wants this level of um, intensity, you know, I, I'll definitely take Lita from you on this. It's a great point. I mean, I don't know what empty-handed an Aurora is interested in. They don't clarify in the letter. You know, I want to handle animals because I want to squeeze them and hug them. Maybe they're upset that they can't handle this boar to attack their, their fellow party members. It's, it's kind of unclear. You know, Travis, maybe, maybe we need to read between the lines on this. He says, this is absolute bullshit. Do you think that maybe they need to traverse a cow's digestive tract okay (laughs) now 
It's interesting. I thought I thought you meant just the bull, but you mean quite literally the fecal aspect of that that as well. I mean, eventually, yeah. I mean, it starts out as just grass, though. Dire grass, obviously. It's going to have to be one of those big ones. Okay. You know what I'm getting and what I'm hearing? It's almost like a... Are you familiar with the uh, the library, the biggest library of the entire world, uh, Candlekeep? Yeah, I, I've, I, I'm very familiar with it. And sometimes you'll spend, you know, uh, a few weeks or years or months in Candlekeep, and it's almost like every book is an adventure. It's, it sure seems that way. I mean, if you can get in there, it's, you know, why would you ever leave? You just nonstop. In a similar capacity, what if our, our petting zoo... Every animal had its own adventure. The bull. Okay. Yes, you climbed inside and rode its small intestine like a you know water park ride. The dire porcupine. Yes, you fed it to the the giant walrus monster. You just kept feeding the walrus monster porcupines until it exploded. And each of the animals would have this kind of task that they needed from you in order to charm them and get you on their side. I think, I think this, this thing you're talking about where you get a starter animal and then train it up, uh, and be fight the, the final four and eventually become the best of the best. I think that is a great kind of self-contained thing that can occur in this, in this petting zoo. So maybe you're proposing we come up with a, essentially a series of, you know, short little adventures that maybe could be slotted into someone else's maybe larger campaign, but has kind of more centered around animal handling, depending on what you know scenario maybe is most appropriate. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's really smart, and I love that. And I do think um, it'll start off seeming so easy to run these adventures. And then you realize that each one is very dense and complex uh, once you're like past level four and you start really getting worried that you may be overcommitted to this petting zoo. I mean, that's the petting zoo experience. You uh, uh, absolutely you go there I mean, 15 minutes in, you're having fun. And then at the 30 minute mark, you're like, I got to get the fuck out of here. This is uh, I, I've, I've spent so much money on pellets for these fucking kids. Yeah, I mean, you always you start with the bunnies, and they're all very calm, and then you move up to this donkey that's looking at you with those like kind of big rolling eyes. I don't want to see the donkey. No, that's what I mean. I know, but they always got to wheel out that donkey. They're always wheeling it out, and it always does have the one leg. So uh, I like this idea, this petting zoo, and you know that all each of these animals kind of activate a particular adventure or quest. Uh, what what do we call this petting zoo? Hmm. Petting. Petting, heavy petting, mm, heavy petting. Ooh, base two, base three, could be good. What was? What did you say? Adventures in Pet Deep. <laughs> Baldur's Pet. Uh, oh, there, there's some keep in there. Can you keep? <laughs> Can you keep? And then uh, these these animals, I guess. Yeah. But we can call it Can uh, You Keep. Can You Keep. Can You Keep. <laughs> can You Keep Petting Zoo. It. And yeah. um, so in Can You Keep, I, I think you, you've you come up with a lot of good ideas for the the seasoned adventurers. But can I introduce one that's maybe for kind of your amateur, your right out of the gate adventurer? 
Yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's nice of you that you're really kind of thinking holistically about this, about like that of the whole thing, the whole spectrum of uh, adventure, especially since we don't have so much to go on on empty handed. Yeah. Uh, and it is nice of me. And it is not at all about making sure that we get adventurers hooked no matter how young on doing this. So thank you for that. I uh, I give back. I'm thinking catch a blink chicken. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Starts off very normal. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to catch this blink chicken? That's a good question. Um, I think it's got the egg. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the egg so that's so good that you want to, it's going to make the omelet the best omelet that you ever damn had. All right. Well, do you think that maybe is the omelet for the adventurers or do you think the omelet should be for somebody else? Maybe, mm. uh, uh, a local noble who is willing to bestow you know, certain knowledge or arcane rite of passage or the noble can make me an offer, but I'm thinking this almost probably for daddy. Okay. Well, so I, I know that you have been dabbling in the culinary arts. You know, we did talk about uh, French toast and you did nail that recipe so perfectly uh, a couple sessions ago. What do you like to put in your omelets there, Travis? Thank you. Um, well, I like them big. I like them big and flat. So often you'll find yeah. an omelet with a fold. You like big omelets. You cannot lie, but you want them to be flat. <laughs> I like a very flat omelet. And okay. what do I put in there? Well, let me tell you, there's lots of different varieties of ham in the world. Mm -hmm. Maybe something to address at our petting zoo. I go for basically every type and variety of ham there is. Your prosciutto, your serranos, your chunk. I lay them out all on this big flat omelet about the size of my dinner table. And then I get inside the omelet. Just kind of roll it up around me. Feel feel all nice and snug. And I and I eat at that kind of omelet cocoon for days. Anyway, that's what I did this weekend. I see now why you were so uncomfortable about the whole dungeon made out of animals, if that is an experience that you find enjoyable and are willingly partaken. I just don't know if everybody's into it like I am, you know? I mean, I don't want to kink shame, and I don't want anybody to kink shame me, so I can't be hearing about, oh, is this a ham dungeon? And all of a sudden, people are upset, and I internalize that shame. That's not a road we can go down. You know, I think that's fair. So, well, uh, I mean, we have come up with uh, several options here. I, I did have one other idea since uh, we're kind of coming up with these. Uh, this might be more of a, a higher level mm. um, one, but I think it could be interesting if maybe you had like a group of people who wanted to run all of these kind of together. But I was thinking about, you know, maybe it's like a design your own animal and you can, from the various adventures, you can take the various animal parts from them and bring them into like a one adventure. And then you make your own suit, large kind of Frankenstein animal together, horrible homunculus chimera scenario um, that won't traumatize children or anything like that at all. Ian, we got to talk about these long weekends, man. Um... <laughs> Can we can we stop recording for a second? Stop record. I think these are really doing you, and um, I think they're kind of having the opposite effect on you. I think what is occurring is all of the other employees they're kind of getting rid of their 
negative energy, but you are somehow here absorbing, <laughs> absorbing the stress that they are getting rid of. And I think it's leading you to some very dark places. I think you might be right, Travis. I, I just, I think it's, a, I get by myself. I don't have anybody to bounce these ideas off of, you know? I mean, I, I love doing these episodes with you because otherwise I just, I don't know where I would be. You know, I just, I kind of get into this dark place when I'm all alone. And I'm worried that some of the things that I've said today is going to call my, you know, knighthood in question. And, and then mm. I'm never going to get that raise that I know that you promised that we would one day maybe sort of kind of talk about if we ever get around to examining the budget for this particular vertical. And I think you're so right. And I have been talking to some wellness experts and that's why I have gotten you this. Uh, <clears throat> one second. It's a standing desk. Oh, this is amazing. This is so good. This is going to align all of just like kind of yeah. my, my flow mm -hmm. and my posture. Yep. And uh, this ought to really just solve all of my problems. I mean, what if uh, we were able to wear like uh, casual tunics on Fridays? What do you think about that? That um, that doesn't appeal to me, no. Um, I think that's a really bad idea okay okay well you know i mean you know i'm just testing out the, the idea of the standings maybe once i get the standing desk i'll come up and with i think that is the I'll, issue I'll thank you it. yes i think you you know listen you get the standing desk we got the we got the wellness grant just just to get a few of these so you're lucky right get the standing desk get the standings tell me what ideas you come up with then and we'll we'll shelve the thing you just said that i remember we'll put that on the back burner because the front burner is my omelet. By the sounds of the size of it, you need all the food. That's true. So let's take it off the back burner as well. And let's put it out like back in the fridge. Yeah. Well, maybe dashboard of the carriage to keep, kind of keep it warm, at least in the sun. Yeah. I love it. Do you think we answered? Uh, <laughs> do you think we answered their question? I mean, I think we more than answered it. We gave them no less than five adventures, I think, at least for that of some ideas. Uh, can you keep petting zoo? You can't keep it. That's right. that's the answer. That's the tagline. But you can be there as long as you want. Yeah. Can can you keep can you keep petting zoo? You can pet it, but you can't keep it. That's beautiful. What what's the where are they at? Aurora? Uh yep, Aurora, yep. And then they we're gonna have the the beginning level one that you said. The blink chicken. The blink chicken to make that very good, excellent omelet. Blink chicken into the porcupine explosion. Uh huh. Into the battling. Yep. And then finally, the Franken animals. I think we're forgetting one, but I think that's probably for the best. Once we get your blood flow back, I think we'll. I feel like the porcupine dire walrus uh, whole dungeon made out of animals could probably encompass a couple levels in there. Yeah. Maybe blink chicken's one. And then that's like two to 15. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's great. You know, it's uh, they get really familiar with the cycle of things. Yep. And um, that should give them all the animal handling checks they could possibly want. Hey, you got your hands full now, Aurora. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. I'm looking forward to this. Um, do I need to set up my desk now or do I have to do that after I clock out? 
yeah, we'll talk about that in one second. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. The, the standing desk, actually, it, um, it's not every day. It's just some, it's oh. every other day. Is, this is like a loner kind of, or it, we're on like a rotating? We'll all need it. My standing desk oh. only goes so high. I'm a tall man, okay. so I like to stack them. So I'm I'm going to need it back. Okay, so what, what day do I get it? Tuesday. Wow. Now those were some bad ideas. If you'd like the boys to take a shot at designing your dungeon, free of charge, send a raven to wellmet at crappycastles.com. We prefer letters that give us enough, but not too much. We'll let you decide what that means. If you want more of the adventures ad-libbed on this show, head to patreon.com forward slash crappycastles. Any silver you can spare is much appreciated. Original music, audio editing, and bardic inspiration provided by Adron. Find her at adronmusic.com. Our theme song is Piss Fader by Tobacco. That's P-I-S-S Fader by the one and only Tobacco. As always, Ian was played by Ian, Travis was played by Travis, and you don't get to know who I am. Till next time, keep it crappy.